Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Adesa Moko. And my name is Tyo Shoko. And let's hear a Disney Channel podcast. Do you want to hear a Disney Channel podcast? Let's hear a Disney Channel podcast. Um, I swear one day, one day we will figure out the music behind this. One day we'll record two versions of this so that we don't have to just keep singing it live every episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, like we've just both been going through chaotic times, but chaotic times for one of us is over. Yes. And chaotic times for the other is only beginning. It's only just begun. (laughs) You know, I'm saying that, I'm saying that as if, if this test comes back well, I won't have to go back to school. Hold on. Wait, you. everyone, everyone pump the brakes. Everyone pump the brakes. Hold on, hold on. You forgot. You were like, I'm just taking a test. Oh, no. As if it was not an entrance exam. So the chaotic times is deferred for one of us is what I meant to say. Yes. Um, indefinitely. Um, but yes, welcome back to Disney Deviants. Uh, like I said, my name is Adesna Wilco. And my name is Tyler Shoko. And today we will be talking about the 2020 hit classic Maybe in the future. Ooh. Oh, right? look at you. You said hit and classic. Hit Both and hit classic. and a classic? Mm-hmm. Dang. Okay, pop off. Phineas and Ferb, the movie Candace Against the Universe. Dun, 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 dun. Um, yeah, so, and I didn't realize that Phineas and Ferb has been canceled since 2012. Since or 2012? Like, since, yeah, like, like it's, that was really early. I was, I had, I was in high school. Let's see. Because according to... I swear to, that it was canceled after I graduated from high school, though. Let me see. Um, but yeah, like, according to Google, unless I'm just drunk on life. Oh, I'm so sorry, y'all. I stay lying. I stay lying. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am back with the truth. And the truth is that Fleece and Ferb was canceled in 2015. Wow, it almost had um, a 10-year run. Almost a 10-year run. I didn't even realize that. Well, it was an eight-year run, yes. And, said. um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm like this today. But, like, I, I think that, like, in my mind, Phineas and Ferb was going to be, like, Disney Spongebob, you know? That mm. it was going to, like, take a whole generation from zero to 20. Like, honestly, Spongebob probably didn't run that long, but, like, that's how long Spongebob feels to me. Spongebob has been on for over 20 years, I think. So, I think you're correct. <laughs> okay, listen. I got to get some of them right on the first try, all right? <laughs> Every once in a while, I gotta come through with the truth, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can't believe that it was canceled in 20, or ended, maybe, in 2015. <clears throat> Wait, so are they still making new Spongebob episodes? I thought they stopped. I think they're still making new Spongebob episodes. Let's see. This is, oh my gosh, yes, they are. So it is like, it's 21 years old now. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, chaos. It'll be 22 this year. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why I've gone down this tangent, but I really, like, I think... <laughs> I thought that, like, Phineas and Ferb was becoming, like, Disney's Spongebob, Mm -hmm. and that it was still going, and it was one of those things where every few years, they make a movie. Like, I didn't realize that this shit, like, the book has been closed. Like, since I stopped having cable, y'all, I don't know what's going on. I don't don't know what's going on. on. (laughs) If it's not not streaming, I don't know about it. Right. Okay? That's kind of, like, scary, almost. Right. (laughs) Like, until I got this Google Home TV thing, whatever, I I just, I didn't watch anything. I didn't even watch commercials. I didn't know what commercials right. were even on. The only reason why I watched commercials was because, um, like, in my family, we split the Netflix, the Hulu, you know, a different person pays for a different thing. Mm-hmm. And my little sister pays for um, the Hulu, and she has a student account, and you know that they, they're not going to cut these students no kind of break. They're like, mm-hmm. if you want the premium, you don't just have to pay a couple dollars on top of your student account. You have to pay for the full premium price. And she's saying, y'all play too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, we have just a regular Hulu, and that's why I know what ads are on. Yeah. Yep, That's I, why I have a favorite pull-ups commercial, okay? Because they, they rolled up this new one, and I was like, hold on, bring the old one back. Who asked for this? My favorite commercial anyway. right now is whatever commercial has. The, I think it's a Geico commercial where they do the scoop song. But What's I think this, maybe it's oh, Maybe we shouldn't sing it. I don't know. If, oh. <laughs> so if you know this commercial, imagine it in your head. And if you don't know, join a desert in being lost, okay? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That was a long intro into into that yes. was a lo- lot of tangents into one very sure thing that we were talking about. 
<laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. Queen of tangents over here. Don't Love take it. my crown. <laughs> I could never. Um, so we are talking about Phineas and Ferb the movie, Candace Against the Universe. And I kind of want to start off, of course, with our brief summary, right, of this movie. Oh, but what are your, what are your first, like, what, do you have a history with Phineas and Ferb? Do you like it growing up? Um, oh, I loved Phineas and Ferb growing up. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with Phineas and Ferb. First of all, who doesn't love, like, who doesn't love a, a musical comedy TV show? Thank you. That's entirely about all the ways that kids could have fun during the summer. I, Thank you. Um, I want my one of my stories. I have lots of stories with Phineas and Ferb, but one of my stories is that for I don't know what year it was, but one year, me and my really good friend Sabina dressed up as Phineas and Ferb for Halloween. So I went thrifting. I got like big old. Per- I was Ferb, <laughs> so I got big old um, poofy purple pants and. Uh, that went all the way up to my like over my belly button and then I got a cream colored shirt and like I think I put either put on a green wig or maybe like dyed my I don't think I dyed my hair I don't think I've ever dyed my hair so I'm gonna say (laughs) I probably put on a like green little wig or something and we dressed up as Phineas and Ferb for Halloween that's so precious I I was definitely in high school so I want to say it was like junior year of high school so maybe 2011 that's so precious 2010 um and Oh, if it was Halloween, then it was 2010. I loved it. I loved that show. I was obsessed with it. And me and me and Sabina were obsessed with it. And also our AP US history teacher. No, yeah, reason. I think Phineas and Ferb just really, really hit. And I think that for a lot of reasons, for a million reasons, I'm so grateful that I have little sisters. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons why I'm grateful that I have little sisters is because it. Like, it was acceptable for me to watch things that were made for kids. Like, you know what I mean? And y'all, let me tell you, I loved things that were made for children. Like, but Phineas and Ferb kind of, in the way that Spongebob does, kind of transcends Mm -hmm. childhood. You know what I mean? And I remember just being so struck by the creativity of the writers of Phineas and Ferb. Like, I don't really have any specific stories, but the Phineas and Ferb soundtrack is one that I go back to very often. Like, I know so many Phineas and Song for... um, Phineas and Ferb songs mm-hmm. by heart, but oh my god, by heart, I'm dying. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> and um, yeah, like if I'm having a like a bad day, sometimes I'll just hit play on the Gitchy Gitchy Goose, you know, and just like hit it with the Phineas and Ferb soundtrack. Like it just, I, I think it was such an intelligently done show that both parents and children and teenagers who were bordering on adulthood and still yes. living with their parents um, could watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it had to be if my, I mean, that was a recovered memory about my AP US history teacher. We used to walk into his class and talk about whatever the latest episode of Phineas and Ferb was with him. Yeah. Like he clearly, and, and like, he had kids clearly, and that's probably why he was watching it, but he also watched it uh, intently enough to be able to talk with us about yes. Phineas and Ferb and episode. honestly, another thing too is about like, Phineas and Ferb is, it, it was so pure, you know, it's not like, because like in Spongebob, sometimes as an adult when you're rewatching it, you're like, oh, some of this was actually dirty, but like kids just are too innocent to understand that, mm-hmm. but with Phineas and Ferb, it wasn't that at all, it was just like pure, pure and like, goodness. yeah, so... <laughs> Oh, wow. So now we can get to our brief uh, description. Yes, our, our brief summary of Phineas and Ferb, Candace Against the Universe. Okay? Do you want to do a timer? Yeah, let's... Are we each doing 30 seconds? 30 seconds. Oh, Jesus. I know, that was we real short ourselves. last time. Uh-huh, 30 seconds doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything, but we're gonna, we're still going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Phineas and Ferb, Candace Against the Universe is... um. Another episode of, Ken- of Phineas and Ferb, it's a movie, where Candace is trying to bust her brother and um, brothers, and her mom misses it, and then she's like, wah, 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 why do they always get all the positive attention? Why am I not important? And so while she's crying, Vanessa comes and they start singing an awesome song, and Candace cuts her off because she sees something that Phineas and Ferb have built, but they haven't actually built it. It's a spaceship. So Candace boards the spaceship, and she and Candace are like taken onto this spacecraft. Ooh, wow. These 30 seconds mean nothing to no one. 30 seconds don't mean anything. Um, Why did we do this to ourselves? <laughs> and I think, did I say Candace twice? What's the name of the little daughter? What daughter? Because I definitely didn't say her name. What little daughter? Doofenshmirtz's daughter. Oh, um. <laughs> Shoot, what is her name? Why am I blanking Vanessa, 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 Vanessa. I, like, I don't think, I don't think I said Vanessa at any point in that. I think no. I just kept saying Candace and Candace. So, um. <laughs> 
It was, it was Candace, Candace and Vanessa. Candace and Vanessa, but I will pick up from there. Once they get to this alien planet, um, this person, they try and escape, but only Vanessa manages to escape in the escape pods because Candace was too distracted by other things while they were escaping. She then gets um, taken to the queen who calls her the chosen one and she starts to feel special and she's so excited about it. But it just turns out that the queen wants her and thinks she's special because she emits uh, CO2 um, and then, but she doesn't realize that for a long time. Phineas and Ferb come and try and rescue Candace because they feel so bad about making her feel unimportant and they just want to make her feel important. Oh. Bitch. Yeah, these 30 seconds won't work. So in the future, we might have to revise this plan. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know Because what? even Motormouth Mabel couldn't get it all in. Couldn't. Okay. Like. <laughs> you'll, you'll get the rest of the movie as we're talking, I'm sure. But. As we're talking about it, yeah. And um, I think my first impression of this movie is I was struck because um, one of my favorite Phineas and Ferb songs is Queen of Mars, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the episode where Candace goes to Mars and she becomes the queen of Mars, and it turns out that they're just trying to eat her. So when this episode started, I was like, is this about to be Queen of Mars the movie? You know? I was like, hmm. I said, because surely there are no good intentions here. <laughs> um, yeah, I would agree. I was I don't I don't remember that specific episode, but the whole time I was like, Okay, but when's the other shoe gonna drop? Right. Why is she special? Thank you. What do they need her? Why is she the chosen one? What do they need her for? They did a good job of hiding that for a long time. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think just because like this episode was very like, I mean, this movie, I think this movie was kind of, um, first of all, let me just get this straight off the bat. I did enjoy this movie. Um, it was light. It was fluffy. You know, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but I also think that this movie was kind of an amalgamation of different Phineas and Ferb episodes. episodes, You know what I mean? Because there were so many lessons that we learned within this movie that I'm like, hold on, but we learned it in this episode. Or we, you know what I mean? And so, but yeah, yeah. It felt almost like they were having to re, like, because it had been off air for five years, they felt like they needed to revisit maybe some of the themes that they'd already visited in the original TV show. Right. You know? Yeah. I felt that. What, what was your first impression? Um, my first impression was, ah, uh, okay. I, I was like, wow, this is the, this is the shit that we didn't know that we needed. <laughs> like, this is right. the lightness that I needed. Candace on her bicycle singing that fabulous, amazing song um, at the beginning, that whose name I forgot, and tune I forgot, but it was a good song. <laughs> it's just because I watched it literally this morning. I woke up at like 7.30 and watched this movie before class. So. Wow. So you had a good day in class because you were I like, did, I did actually have a good day. Maybe it was directly related to that. Listen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, as soon as it started, I was like, wow, I didn't realize how much I missed Phineas and Ferb. That like pure childlike goodness and the good song, the songs that slap consistently. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if, uh, what is it? David Povenmire, right? It's like the, and then there's another person who's another creator. It's him and another person. I don't know if they're writing all the songs or not, but if they are, like, Lord, they are doing the work. Right. They are giving us the joy. They are giving us the the beats. The, the, um, what is it? So like, there's change, a, change. a man named Danny Jacob writes the songs. Oh, okay. Okay, Danny Jacobs. Wow. Yeah, like hit Jacob, just a oh, singular Jacob. Jacob. Okay, Danny yes. Jacob. Your, your hits after hit. Or hit after yes. hit. <laughs> I'm putting S's at the end of all my words. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I just really loved it. This this was giving me everything that I feel like I've missed from childhood television. Um, and like, honestly, I'm in grad school and the state of the world is super dark at times. And I just oftentimes I'm trying to find something light. And um, right now I've been watching High Maintenance on HBO Max, which is great. I love but that also show. also is kind of, <laughs> sometimes is heavy as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. And um, yeah, and also I think another thing that, I love about the songs in Phineas and Ferb is that they hit this kind of like contemporary musical theater mm-hmm. tone that really just like sits right in my soul. Um, I will say one thing that I missed about this movie is with Phineas and Ferb episodes, I feel like there's one song that's like in this style and then another song that's a complete switch up. And we do that very briefly in her song with Vanessa, but we don't really like get it for a long time like do you remember whenever like um they had the one song that went like listen up people of the beach yeah yes and like like you know what i mean and like (laughs) like it was a vibe you know and so and those songs are usually short but this one was like 
maybe five seconds and that was one thing that i wish we had a like a moment of in this movie like a moment of breaking away from this contemporary like musical like disney musical style mm-hmm. you know what i mean because like like, don't get me wrong. Gitchy, gitchy, goo, bop, okay? Like, <laughs> um, Queen of Mars, bop. Like, there's so many bops in that style, but I think that, that style is so quintessentially Phineas and Ferb. And the other thing that, like, kind of makes it so is that they break away, like, from it every once in a while. Mm. You know what I mean? Which highlights that style even more. You know what I mean? Am yeah. I making sense? Yes, you're making total sense. Um, I also made a note about, like, the songs being, like, very musical theater based but all contemporary but then also golden age because there was like a the song where she was being introduced to the super super doctor doctor super great diet <laughs> that i said was giving me <clears throat> was giving me annie vibes so i felt like it was a yes little, although i guess annie isn't technically golden age of broadway but it's certainly not contemporary so no it's absolutely not contemporary <laughs> so it was those were the two um vibes that i was getting for the songs um throughout the movie and yeah. Uh, yeah, I made a note about that too. But there were still bops, but you know, there were still bops. There were still bops. Listen, yes, there were still bops. Pop um, off, Mr. So- Jacob. Mr. Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> so let's um, get to this movie. Unless there's something else you wanted to say. No. Okay. No. Let's talk about these characters. Yes. Right. Um, um oh. carry on. <laughs> so the first thing I have to say is that. I don't know if it's just memory failing me, but I love that Candace was like the main focus of this and not Phineas or, or Ferb. And they're right. But I think she's kind of equally the focus of it as they are, mm-hmm. because I think I don't like in the show, in the show, they're always kind of sucked into their project, mm-hmm. right? Doofenshmirtz and Perry are usually in whatever scheme Doofenshmirtz is doing. So Candace is the only person we kind of get to see have some sort of semblance of a real life. But the problem is that Phineas and Ferb's, like, shenanigans is always getting in the way of her real life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that in the show, she kind of has, like, equal footing with them in terms of who the show is about. I know the show is Phineas and Ferb, but, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? In yeah. terms of presence, I feel like she has equal footing mm-hmm. with them. Um... I don't know, but I understand so what you're was, saying. Like, it was just my like memory failing me because I haven't have watched this show in five years, probably. Or but more. I get what you're saying. Like this, like this was Candace. This wasn't Phineas and this, Ferb. Yeah. This was Candace, which is why it <laughs> it has to be called Phineas and Ferb the movie because it's a Phineas and Ferb movie. But the, like it made sense why they were like Candace against the universe and not right. Like, you know, and they they did make sure to say the universe is against me so Multiple many times. times. <laughs> I say y'all, y'all, y'all play too much. I, say, I think and we then know after, the name of the movie. Yes, I say y'all. Listen, are you getting paid every time you say it? <laughs> Disney said you need to work the mo- the name of the movie in at least ten times. Like I said, Des don't judge, but Des is more, judging. They said if you can get it in more, you get paid extra. <laughs> you get a bonus, a bonus. <laughs> and Danny Jacob said, "What song can I write about?" I'm just kidding. He didn't write any songs about her being against, against, the being against her. Um. But yeah, and but I agree with you. I really liked that this one wasn't Phineas and Ferb; it was Candace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, I loved how bright, and <laughs> how bright and happy she seemed. That that first scene, the first scene, is so great because it's so bubbly, and when it transitions into like the obsessive. Like, yeah, to find that it's such great musical writing. It's so yes, it is. good. And then also the realization that Candace has that like she's not special is 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 kind of it was to it's me it was so necessary. As, it was so necessary, and I wish it had gone just a tiny bit deeper, if that makes sense. But I don't know in what way yet. <laughs> no, it does make sense because I think that there were some things that this movie really hammers home, you know, like, mm-hmm. and like it really hammers it home. Mm-hmm. And so because there were some things like, what was the thing that Vanessa said to her that she later says to um, super, super, uh, super, super big doctor? I think that's it. Yeah, I think it's super, super big doctor. What's the thing that Vanessa says to Candace that she later says to 
super, super big doctor about how her focusing on her brothers, like something about her focusing on her brothers just isn't Oh, good it, for it, her. it's just, it's like her trying to, com- oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, in my head, why is it gone now? She, it, uh, it's to like hide her own feelings of ina- inadequacy. Yeah, something like that. You know what I mean? And I feel like, was that the message that the movie was trying to convey? When there was like an undercover message all along that was like, while you don't feel special, the impact you make to the people around you is so invaluable. Like that moment where Phineas and Ferb give her this yes. mug. You know what I mean? And it's like, you don't see yourself in our memories, but we see you in all of our memories. Yes. Like, you think you're taking a back seat, but you're, like, to us, you're part of it all. Yeah. And I feel like, why did we, like, there were some things that they just really, like, hammered very hard, but that one, they just were like, let's just let them, let's just let yeah. that simmer. and then, because that happened, right? And then they continue to, to fight the, like, the people, then they have to fight the people that she's just um, brainwashed with the, with the spores. Like that mm-hmm. moment happens and then immediately it's like back into the action. And then it's also like that moment happens. And then it was after that, that Candace says the thing to super, super big doctor. Oh, you know okay, what I mean? Yeah. About her. You know, and yeah. so like it kind of undermines this other moment, yep. you know? And yeah. And also. One. I was just going to say that was just like my one critique about like Candace as a character. Like I feel like she was supposed to hit that real hard because that seemed like it was the point. Of yeah, the movie, and then it just wasn't it wasn't hit hard enough for me. And I really appreciated to bring back to bring it back to something you said. I really appreciated that this was a movie about Candace because to quote um, a quintessential Candace song, you know, she's a little high strung, and that's just because she's young. Okay, mm-hmm. so this movie is about Candace growing up. Yeah, Aww. and so I just really yeah, I loved you her really journey. Know all the lyrics. Listen, uh-huh. mom, I adore you and I'll do anything for you. Okay, that's how that song goes. Wow. <laughs> so, and so like that moment in the end where um, she could bust her brothers and she's like, no, mom, go get pizza. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Like she's going to f- learn that she's, she's going to learn how to feel important in her own right. Exactly. And that's so nice, but also could have been hammered harder. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Phineas and Ferb, were like minor characters in this, they which were. was nice. They were they were very minor. Yeah. Like I almost feel like Isabella, Baljeet, um, Doofenshmirtz. Like, I feel like all, almost all of them were more of a character imp- than Phineas. Yeah, and Ferb yeah. I also kind of. Be- I think it's here's why. Like I said before, the structure of the episodes, the normal episodes are Phineas and Ferb are building something. Doofenshmirtz and Perry are doing their thing and Candace is living her life slash trying to bust her brothers, right? Mm -hmm. So this movie has a very strong absence of Phineas and Ferb having to build anything. So their core part of the story is just gone. Gone. You know what I mean? And like, um, obviously like Doofenshmirtz is still very much in this, in the mix, you know? But we don't see him interacting with Perry as much. And so his core part of, like, the trifecta of, like, a Phineas and Ferb episode is also gone, you mm-hmm. know? And so that's why, like, Doofenshmirtz feels more like an ensemble character mm-hmm. than, like, his own mission. Yeah. And that was, like, that was very interesting. The one song that I didn't particularly like in this, uh, I don't, I guess I'm kind of skipping to Doofenshmirtz by saying this. That's fine. But was the adulting song. It oh, felt yeah, very. Yeah. It wasn't great. Also, I'm literally going to write about the the that actor's voice when he plays Doofenshmirtz is like my cringe. Like his voices <laughs> when singing. When he's playing Doofenshmirtz, it's fine. Like you know, it's a character voice. But when he was singing, I felt like this man was scratching up his throat. Like it. It felt too like too hard for me. Sure, um, sure. But the adulting song was kind of like it was not great. Um like harmony wise and it also just wasn't great in that like it felt very much like beating over the head like sometimes kids know more than adults right right and okay that whole moment felt so contrived um Mm -hmm. and i'm realizing that one of my one of my pet peeves when i'm watching any or listening to any sort of media is people trying to invalidate a like a part of pop culture you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like adulting is, is a, it's a pop it's a culture verb. word. It's, a it's verb. A, like, like, sorry, we've done it. We've there been we saying are. it for years. At this point, you can't it's tell done. us it's not. 
Yes, you know. You've been off the air for and five years. You can't sit, come up here and tell me that adulting's not. That's a what part. I'm saying. And so I'm like, whenever that whole thing was happening, it feels very cloistering whenever like people try to be like into like it's not even intellectual that's i think that's kind of like why it annoys me it's like it's a cartoon so like let people say adulting you know what i mean and then also that moment was just so uh it was so bogged down it was so like and uh, (laughs) it it really had no sort of like i'm so you can't even see what i'm doing but i'm doing the most um it had no sort of like relevance and then they tried to bring it back in the end with Schmertz being like i learned adulting from you or something like that to isabella and i was like we what is this tying back to we don't care we didn't care about it in the first place yeah this movie did feel like it it fell um it fell victim to trying to to fit a lot of things in like i feel like if they had cut their runtime they it wouldn't have been as bogged down but i feel like they felt they had to make it at least an hour and a half so they added in all these extra things that we did not care about <laughs> i agree i agree um yeah, and then speaking of Doofenshmirtz, I think we also kind mm-hmm. of have to talk about Vanessa a little bit and how criminally yeah. underused she was in this. She, I feel like she always is. Thank you. She always is. Like. It's just because she's the straight man. Like, she's the straight man of the bunch. And I feel like they're like, she. maybe sometimes they feel like she bogs down the dream um, imaginary imagination world that they're trying to build with Phineas and Ferb too much. I'm I, I understand, but I think that like whenever she was first introduced into the canon, okay, mm-hmm. it was with the song "Busted" in that episode where she's trying to bust her dad and Candace is trying to bust her brothers. That's the best song. Yes, Nobody I do cannot talk to me anyhow. Okay, okay. <laughs> so um, I I kind of read her as more of the badass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And somehow she has become the straight man. I see. Through, You're you right. know what I mean? And I think that if they kept her as like the badass motorcycle riding, you know what I mean? She could have served a similar um kind of position as Buford but in Candace's world. Mhm. You know? Yeah, when she first arrived on the on the scene, she was giving me major like Shego vibes. Yes, thank you. Um, and her outfit was still, of course, giving me Shego vibes, but her character was not so right. Much right. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I'm just like, why did you introduce her? Because I thought this was going to be kind of like a, in the beginning when she and Candace got abducted. I think I had hopes that it would be kind of a a, a, a buddy double cop. T, yeah, a buddy cop sort of situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Same. And so I was sad. I was really sad when she was when she was transported to the exact same. The exact same planet and right. then was like not seen for a long, long time. And the only times we saw her was to establish some, like things that pay off in the future. Like we yes. didn't, we didn't get a storyline for her. We just got establishing shots. Yeah, like she meets the dragon creature thing, and then we're gone. Right. And then dragon creature comes back in the end to save Perry and Doofenshmirtz, and we're gone. Right. Um. And yeah, another I felt person. The same thing. Oh no, I felt the same thing. That's it. Yeah. And like I think I feel like in that way as well, like Perry wasn't underused, but I was unsatisfied with the use of Perry. Perry to me felt way more convenient in this one. And I know that the the show is silly, so sometimes it it does play on that like yeah, he's like everything's super convenient for him. Like, oh, of course Doofenshmirtz would have a little Perry the platypus-sized like astronaut suit. Mm-hmm. Of course he would. Like but it did feel like he was so convenient in this and or not even I, I i keep saying convenient but that's just because i don't know the correct word the word that i'm actually looking for here but just that like he like and when they're hitting the asteroid belt like that is the part that most rings true like makes like think about this he was just so conveniently being able to destroy literal asteroids and um getting hit by them but then always making his way back to the ship and all this stuff and and they didn't know they just didn't know and that's sometimes that's the fun of it but in this it felt like a lot yeah like it felt like perry was their device of the gods he was like their deus ex machina you know exactly throughout the whole thing throughout the whole thing so it was like not even just like at the end (laughs) yeah so now that i've um, wasted time talking about characters that were criminally underused and uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's get back to them to the main to the mains. Um, um, 
we are not even like we didn't even really talk about Phineas and Ferb, but that's but just what's the, there like, to talk the, about? There wasn't really. They were nice to their sister. That's like end of the story, honestly. right? Um, but we can move to. Is it like like we said? Like these people who are usually very much side characters were real characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I really learned about Baljeet. Yes. I feel like I really learned about him, and I mean, that also might be because I haven't watched this show in more than five years, probably, but, like, I felt like we were really learning more about him as a character, and what made him tick, and just how much he loved space adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it? Space? It is space adventure? Something like um, that. Whatever. Um, I thought that was a really funny gag, actually. Yeah. Uh, every time he mentioned it, they, like, played, like, a shorter and shorter clip of that, like, intro. Right. For it. I thought right. it was hilarious. Um, yeah. And I really liked how they, like, used his lines. They really played on Baljeet's lines a lot. Like, whenever they were trying to build a portal, he's like, it's going to take at least a montage. And then it... Like, yes. <laughs> the writing is so good. Yes. The writing is just, uh, it's so good. And, um... Yeah, I, I, I thought that he was really, really nicely done. And I think um something that, like, this show does that I like, and I think it's more successful for some characters and less for others, is, like, you know, whenever you watch a TV show and in the first couple seasons, all the characters are more nuanced, you know? Mm-hmm. But as the seasons go on, they kind of end up getting boiled down to, like, what that character is you know what i mean yes. and sometimes like it's friends like friends yes or even like brooklyn 99 like you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's like it's like this is this character's like main characteristic and that used to be the undertone of like how they used to be but now it's the, the character it's the only character you know and um i think that they don't do that for like baljeet but i kind of think that they do that for isabella and buford Agreed. Isabella's whole character was that she was a um, Girl Scout. Yes. This time around. That was her entire character. I feel like Isabella's more nuanced than that. Right. (laughs) And Um, like, what happened to her? Maybe, you know, I haven't watched this show in a really long time. So maybe her crush, like for Phineas is gone. Which good for her. They didn't didn't even, yeah, they didn't address her crush on Phineas. Or no, sorry. Wait. Maybe it's Ferb. 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 Sorry. They didn't address her crush on Ferb at all but for they did kind of address verb having a crush on her yeah i feel like there was like a brief moment of something that happened and then i was like there it is but yeah so like her entire character has just been boiled down to her being a, an amazing girl scout and you know what go off sis like love that journey for you wow i sound so condescending i actually do love that isabella is a girl scout just to clarify yes we do like i that. actually love that and like um but i wish that her character w- is still as nuanced as she used to be in like the earlier seasons and like with Buford as well they like they they stopped making him a bully and didn't know what to do with the character yeah he carried around a canoe the whole movie right that's what they did with the character (laughs) a literal canoe do we know how heavy canoes are (laughs) I understand the like, I understand. Look, but it was the whole damn time he carried around. That but canoe. then it was only also for, sometimes that canoe would it. disappear. You're right. Because right. sometimes I was like, "Where's?" I said, "Buford, no, don't tell me you left this canoe." This is how I know that I would be like this kind of mom. <laughs> 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 like, don't tell me you left this. Where's your canoe, Buford? Where is it? <laughs> no, don't tell me you left that at your That's what I'm saying. Don't don't tell me you left it at super super, you know, super super big doctor big doctor's house in her lair. You have to go back to her later and get that canoe out here. Right. Wasting my goddamn money. Right. Um, but yeah, no. I I also felt like they didn't quite know what to do with Buford um, in this. And then literally, literally that canoe was used at the very end. At the end of the movie. Barely. And barely. Because he because remember he was like, oh, you built another canoe. So you didn't need. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, wait, why did I have this if y'all were just going to build That's another what, one? Yes. And you're just going to build a ship. You know, as I'm thinking about it, maybe, like, I stopped watching the show before, like, Baljeet became, like, a character character. Because I think mm-hmm. he did mostly just talk about this, like, space show the entire time. So maybe this is what they've boiled his character down to. Maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. But yeah, he was, he was like, a very minor character. In right, the in the beginning. But I liked that we got to see him like more even if his character was kind of reduced down to being like the space adventure kid right but um i mean it is a movie so it's not like we can see more that no i think that's fair that's fair but we did get to see more depth just because he was so underused i feel like in the tv show right but the other thing is his voice is annoying 
<gasps> no. His voice, no, no. It, his actual voice isn't annoying, but I think it's when he sings because I felt the same way with Isabella. Isabella's voice is fine to me. As soon as she starts to sing, it's too high. Okay. It's too high and too like, <clears throat> I can't even do it. <clears throat> Like, that's what it sounded like to me the whole time. And I was like, ooh, can we bring it down? I will agree that that one song they all sang together. I was like, we don't need it. And then also they, like, they sang a song together. You didn't notice it because all the vocals were brought down so much that it kind of, like, and I was like... Wait, is it the song at the end? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I was like, see, then... See, then why? If we're not going to do it, then why are we doing it? Um, Um, And then... Super Doctor. I feel like we talked about Isabella. We talked. She was kind of. She was a bit more of a. Her her um, badges are always really funny. Uh huh. Like the the shtick with her badges. Yes. Um. But I loved them being used in relation to like Doofenshmirtz being older, even though I hated that song. And yes. That trope. Um. But let's get to Super Super Big Doctor. Yeah, Super Super Big Doctor. Okay. Um. Yeah, um, no. So this was really where it was giving me Queen of Mars. Yes, I see that. Because she was, essentially, we don't know what the planet was named, but she was queen of some alien yeah, planet. Because I was like, Candace, you've done this. You've done the <laughs> Candace, thing. Candace, don't you know where this yeah, goes? Yeah, come on now. Because she was like, <laughs> you guys are not going to eat me, right? And they said, wait, what? And she said, oh, okay, they... as long as you're not going to eat me. Right. Candace, you've done this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm shocked that they didn't make a reference to they that did. episode anywhere in it. Did they? They did. That was when, when, when she was like, huh, you guys aren't fatting me up to eat me later, are you? Oh, that. Okay. I see, I see. And like, they made like a few mini references in there to the episode, like in just in that scene though. But there was, okay, so there was a certain point with su- Doctor, whatever. And, super, super um, big Doctor. Super, super big Doctor. Oh, actually, where- there, oops, sorry. What? Something that I really liked that was kind of a dig on like um uh, on like white people or like Americans in general not knowing how to say Native yes. American people's names and yes. then just saying like the meaning of their names. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. yes, like Little Hawk. Yes, and you're like that's, that's... not what that person's name was. <laughs> also, I love the dig at being like um. Oh, your name's weird. <laughs> right. Like, ooh, Candace means, like, when it's the sound that they make when they, like, blow up. Yes. <laughs> oh, and there was, like, a specific line where she said, where Candace said something, and then she said, oh, roller coaster. Candace said roller coaster, and she was like, roller coaster? Now you're just making up words. <laughs> right, 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 right. I was like, yes. I loved everything about that. I wish it could have, well, no, actually, maybe it went on for the perfect amount of time, and if it had gone on longer, I probably would have been like, I wish that. Exactly. Two jokes out of that. Exactly. Um, but I loved that moment. And there was also a certain line where Super Doctor Doc, Super, Super Big Doctor says, um, said something. And I was like, now, which black woman did they get to voice this role? Oh, it's actually Ali Wong. Is it? It's Ali Wong. And um, there was a brief moment where, like, in the beginning of um, her, of Super, Super Big Doctor, I thought that she was voiced by Nicole Sullivan, who voices Shigo. In the beginning, yes, I love Nicole Sullivan. Yes, okay. and I didn't like because I was like, I like I it, it. It's never occurred to me how similar their voices can sound because mm-hmm. I was like, this is the person who voices Shigo, but she's like tamping the Shigo nest down. Interesting. I thought it was because Tiffany Haddish was in this movie, right? Yeah, she was in the in this movie. Who, who was she? Um, let me see. I think a guard or something. I don't know. I'm trying to find it because I did see her name in the credits, and I remember whenever I saw her name in the credits. Yeah, she um she oh she she she's the person who makes the Candace sound. No, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. They didn't just hire Tiffany Haddish to say Candace five million times. Yes, they did. Because I remember when I saw her name in the credits, I was like, "Wait, who was she?" You know what I mean? But yeah, they hired her to just say Candace <sighs> like a million times. That's stupid. <laughs> Take it up with the house of mouse. (laughs) I because that they paid her money. Like that's the wildest part about this is like they could have gotten any old person to say Candace and have saved budget money. Yes, but they said we're just gonna hire Tiffany Haddish and like pay her big money to say Candace a couple different times and a couple different ways into a mic. Mm -hmm. 
That's silly. That's probably the quickest <laughs> money um, Tiffany Haddish has ever made. So right. I thought I truly thought that she when I saw her name, I was like, oh, she must have played super, super big doctor. No, that was Ali Wong. Damn. And okay. Weird Owl was here in this as well, but we'll, we'll talk about that we'll, later. We'll get to the casting. I, I just am blown away. Okay. Um, but super, super big doctor. What can we even say? What can we say about super big? <laughs> super, super big doctor. Um, like I, like we said earlier, I think that her, her being a vessel for that message of, um, you like of being insecure in your own place in the world was not hit hard enough for me. Um, especially because her story ends by her getting teleported back to her planet. And then all we see is that like the cowards, um, which were an interesting group of aliens, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, are like, oh, you're under arrest. And then that's like the end of it. And that was just, I, I felt like, oh, that's the end of her story. Right. That I felt, it felt abrupt. Yeah. It felt abrupt. Like we didn't quite learn, didn't quite land on the mark. No, I there. agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. And like, especially when her character was so predictable, you know, and then she became kind of like a beacon. Beacon isn't the right word, but I'm bad at words today. But of like who Candace would become if she continues on this path, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, you know, OK, see, here's the thing. Because, okay, listen, I'm revising this in my mind because, like, intellectual me, quote-unquote intellectual me, wants to be like, I wish she had a true redemption arc. But real life me is like, lock a hoe up, lock her up, put her in jail. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, IRL me. We always give people second chances, third chances, fourth chances. Just let them. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm realizing that real life me is like, uh -uh, uh uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. She enslaved a whole lot of people. I don't, I don't care that she's a beacon. Because guess what? Candace didn't enslave a bunch of people. She was the queen of Mars for a brief time because that's just because yeah. they were trying to eat her. She didn't enslave them, you know? Right. So, you know what? Yeah, I take it back. I'm glad that she didn't have a redemption arc. And, um, yeah. So I take back everything I said, but I will not delete this. <laughs> um, there was a scene, the scene where that one... Oh, you know what this was also giving me? This movie was giving me Get Out vibes because of the, of the spores that mm-hmm. were locking the cowards and other people into their own bodies to do her bidding. Um, and it was like, oh yeah, when that one guard said, was trying to tell Candace to run and said, (laughs) and uh, oh my gosh, everything about that was, was like, I was like, okay, so we're just going to borrow from, um, Get Out? But see, here's the thing, Get Out wasn't for children, so until Kegel Michael Key, no, I mean, Jordan Peele. Kegel Michael Key! I said Keegan, I said Keegan. I said Keegan, I said Keegan, no. Um, Until Jordan Peele decides to make a Get Out for the chillins, alright? Somebody has to do it. Okay. If Phineas and Ferb took the reins, alright? You can't even be mad. You're right, you're right. That's what I'm saying. Um, But they did that, and like, I thought the scene where she, her character was also interesting because she like, so there was clearly the cowards that she had enslaved, but the other people weren't didn't have spores. Like the 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 guards and stuff didn't have spores, and like so that whole scene where she was just like watching that one person try to escape a million different times, and they kept coming getting back into the room. The one mm-hmm. coward. Um, I was just like, why is she not doing anything? Like, why is she just standing there talking? Like, I felt like she was also not queen enough. Okay. Like, if she didn't let, like, she didn't seem like she was barking enough orders at people. But I guess that's because they had mind control. And so she didn't necessarily need to be, like, she right. just that they were under her power. But there was something, that, like, about that scene that really reduced her in my eyes as a leader. Interesting. Because I kind of just saw it as, like, her resignation to the incompetence of, like, the people around her. You know what I mean? It's like she is their leader because they will never be smart enough to come together and overthrow her. What are they going to do about it? Mm, you know what I that's mean? That's a good way to read it. And um, I th- like the way I saw it, she's like, this shit happens all the time. I'm really uh, like, okay. So this prisoner's like, at this point, she's just embarrassed that Candace has to see this happen. Like, you know what I mean? Like at this point, she's just like, ugh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that, like, shifted her in my mind at all because I was like, this is just, like, the day-to-day, like, stupidity that she has to exist within. 
Maybe that's a better way to read it. Because I was just like, oh, like, why is she not doing anything? Like, she really just let him run in and out of this room three different times. Like, (laughs) what the hell? And I think something that I definitely reacted negatively to was um, the coward's narrative. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, this idea that they were only oppressed because they're cowards just rubbed me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I wish that there had been a little bit more care taken with the story of how these people, like, after the mind control war off, came to stay oppressed, as opposed to just, like, we're cowards and the cowering is what we do. Yeah. It also seemed like they kind of ran out of ideas in the writer's room. Because they were just like, these are the cowardlyans. They're cowards. Coward means the same thing in our language as it means in yours. Right. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, so we just ran. We just, we ran out of ideas or we just really wanted to beat people over the head with the whatever message we were trying to get at, um, get across about standing up to injustice. Right. Right. But. Very boiled down. Not, that was the only thing that I didn't. Like, not the only thing. Clearly, I said a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We be talking. Um, okay, we be was, talking. We, we, we do be talking. Um, but I think that it was, I would generally say they're writing for the stories of of all these Phineas and Ferb episodes and the movies are generally really good. But that, like, whole cowardly people thing was like, meh. Yeah, that didn't sit right with my soul. Mm-mm. Um, but I think we've talked about all the characters, right? Is there anyone else we would like to discuss? Um, you know, the one thing that we haven't discussed in mm-hmm. depth, I mean, I guess we have kind of discussed it when we talked about how they explored the sound of Candace. But I mm-hmm. also just feel like that was so goofy that it's like when they get overly excited, they explode. Oh my gosh. And then that that was the saving that was the saving grace at the end of the movie. Like I do like that. Like I do like how much they implanted that into our brain and then like made us forget about it because yes. I I really really enjoyed that it came back and ended up being the saving thing. But I just thought it was so funny at the time. I was like, what? <laughs> Candace. 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 And now knowing that it was just Tiffany Haddish saying Candace. Chaotic. To herself, to herself, Chaotic. for for probably hours. Honestly, no. <laughs> you know what it, it probably took her twenty minutes. Okay, they said say it each time and give us five seconds in between each time you say it and say it differently each time. Switch it up. All right. Honestly, I feel I. So the things that the reason why I feel like it would take a long time is because I think about um, Vin Diesel on the set of Guardians of the Galaxy, and he played Groot. Uh huh. But this man, literally, they would be like, yeah, he would go into the booth and he would give you, like, it would take him a long time to record his Groot lines, even if he was just saying Groot, like, because he was trying to invite, to put in the feeling of each Groot line into that Groot line. I'm understanding what you're saying. For hours and be like... No, I'm like I'm understanding what you're saying. I just feel like the intention behind this one is always I'm so excited I'm exploding. Like you know what I mean? Like I think it would be one. Like I think that if 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 there were varying like reasons why they explode or something like that, but because Mm. there's just only one intention behind it, it's just saying Candace excitedly in a bunch of different ways. Like you know what I mean? And listen, I do not purport to know what they paid Tiffany Haddish or how long. It took her to record these lines, but I do sure, I sure do hope that the House of Mouse gave her that coins, okay? Give her coins. Um, because they chose to put her in that role instead of giving our good sis a voice, all right? Right. A whole character. They said, no, just say Candace. Bunch of times. Um, and, uh, honestly, if I was her, I would have taken it too. Thank you. Easy money. Easy Disney money. Okay. <laughs> okay, listen. Um, are we now in the cast quiz? Because this cast was definitely star loaded. And like, let me say, let me let me say something that I will never, ever, ever, ever understand. Okay, is like in animated things, why do they keep spending the big bucks to cast actors whose voices? Like, I'm looking at this cast now, and I'm like, Wayne Brady was in it. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, what? Like, do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? I'm looking at the. Um, I'm about to, I'm pulling up the full cast now. So that's kind of wild. They also changed the person who voiced. I knew they did. Yeah. And I think I that's why he wasn't did. talking as much. That's why. Right. They, that's why. That's because weird. when he, I literally was like, there's something off about Ferb's voice. Yes. 
And it's, they cast David Errico Jr., who I don't know who this man is. Oh, you know what we didn't talk about as well before this? That weird scene where they went super meta and then they showed Dan Hovenmeyer <laughs> and the other writer whose name I am blanking on. Literally, like, at, like turned them back into the drawing board mm-hmm. for other character, which I thought was cool. But then they showed themselves and they're like, and we'll just explain what's going on the way that we're doing right now. And they just seemed so excited about this idea. And I was like, this would have been better if you had just stopped at the making them their writing board character selves. I, I, I liked it. 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 I stand by what I said. We didn't need to see them. I liked <clears> it. I liked it. It was giving I like me the um, idea. <laughs> it was giving me very like <laughs> um I'm sorry. This is actually not anything what? like it at all. But like do you remember in the SpongeBob movie with David Hasselhoff where he's on the mm-hmm. surface or whatever? I don't know mm-hmm. why, but it really was giving me that vibe. And I know it's just cuz of like the stark contrast between the animated world and the real life world. Yeah. But like <laughs> So, yes. Um, I forgot that Allison Stoner Oh, yes. Isabella. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this girl's voice is not that high in real life. So how the hell is she singing in that like high little area? But I, I was going to say that whenever you brought up the singing, I think that mm-hmm. like whenever people because her voice doesn't sound like her voice in real life isn't as high as Isabella's voice. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so because people are taking on like an affectation when they are, you know, playing these characters, they all it also affects the way the, they sing the character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's like. Like, I feel like you can't, it's easier to control your speaking voice than your singing voice. So you have mm-hmm. to either decide to, like, sing in your normal singing voice or, like, be, like, higher. Like, you know what I mean? I think she probably mm-hmm. just can't sing in the octave that she speaks, Isabella. But she was singing higher. Well, no, she was singing in the same octave as she speaks, Isabella. And maybe even higher. Like, her voice sounded very shrill and high, and I was confused as to how she was doing that. Sure. Because, because I was like... I know what your voice sounds like in real life. I already know you're putting on a voice for Isabella. <laughs> and then now you're also putting on an Isabella voice to sing. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Um, and then when I saw that it was Alison Stoner, I was like, shit, like, she really did that. I don't know how. I feel like it would have hurt her voice, but, you know. But she's, she's been doing actor. it for years, so. Right? She has been doing it for years. So. Also, she is so gorgeous. Oh, okay. yes, yeah, she is. And then, uh, I mean, listen, we love a queer goddess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Also, I really loved that they um, had the dad element because there's always one goofy thing that happens to the dad in the episode. Like, he's not a real character. Yes. So um, I love that that came in in the end credits. And, like, it's a movie. And so I also, like enjoyed that they tried to get every single character that's a regular in there you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because even though stacy and jeremy don't really play that big a part in the movie as a whole it was nice for them to be in it yeah it was a nice reunion yeah and then but that was funny though with jeremy because when jeremy what when i saw jeremy making spears and then we found out that he didn't even know that there was something going on outside i was like are they about to turn Jeremy into, like, some kind of psycho fucking killer? Like, why the hell was this kid making spears in this truck? I legitimately was like, what the hell is happening? What are we doing to Jeremy's character? And then I also loved that he kept trying to deflect the question every time Stacy was asking. He's like, there's an emergency. Like, let's just go. Yeah. And I loved that. Yeah. And um, if you haven't Who seen it, Jeremy? he was actually a LARPer the entire time. Right. I was so grateful when we found that out because I was like, oh, thank God, those were rubber spears. Oh, my God. Mitchell Musso plays Jeremy. Oh, did they bring him back? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't sure. I also thought his voice sounded weird. So, so they like, brought oh, maybe back. they didn't bring him back. They brought back, like, the, the person who plays Stacy and Jeremy, even though they weren't really. I'm surprised that they didn't make them voice other people since mm-hmm. Jeremy and Stacy weren't really in that much of the movie. Yeah. You know? Um, I also love that they gave, li- like, names to these people who's, who's Garnaz. Who's Barthos? Well, no, we <laughs> talked. They talked about them. Who are they? They're like um some of the guards. Yes, but like they're the they're the guards, but like the guards. <laughs> no, they had names. Honestly, and then they, also, in my head, they didn't. and then also the the Cowardian people also had names. No, yeah. So this was the these Garnas and Barthos was were the names of the were the two guards that no were no, like no no the no were the people? names of the the Cowardians. Remember? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Because, well, yeah. Okay. Well, they still got, like, all these big name big name actors to voice these co- 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 cowardlians or whatever their names are. Um, 
like, yeah, you said Wayne Brady, Thomas Middleditch, Deirdre, De- Deirdre, Deir- no, Deirdre, I can't say it, Deirdre, Bader, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, yeah, and then Thomas Sanders, who I feel like is a Vine star, or was a Vine star, um, was also, I think, uh, one of those people, and I'm just like, wait, why, <laughs> these are big name people right. who are spending money on And this. I just feel like if you don't have a recognizable voice, like, Phineas and Ferb is a well-established brand, okay, the children mm-hmm. will be watching, like, the children, no matter who's, vo- like, you could pick up a random person up off the street, and guess what, the children will be watching, so I don't yes. really understand, like, especially when the core of the, the cast is made up of famous people, like, Ashley Tisdale's voice is now so recognizable as Candace's. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So uh, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I, I I was really into like the super, super big doctor's voice because I thought it was Shigo, right? So if there are mm-hmm. all these people who are here and like, I'm only realizing that they're here because of the, like they were there because of, I'm only now realizing that they were in this movie because I'm seeing the cast list. Then mm-hmm. I feel like what you were trying to do isn't really that effective because I I know what Wayne Brady's voice sounds like, but did I recognize it while this was happening? Absolutely not. not. And I definitely didn't recognize this voice as Ali Wong's. I didn't yeah, recognize. Yeah, I clearly didn't. Yeah, I didn't recognize the Candace as Tiffany Haddish. No. So it's like all... I I'm sick. Oh, sorry. Continue. Carry on. No, I was just going to say I'm sick at the fact that her literal credit on this movie is the sound someone makes when they explode from the waist up. That's her credit. Yep. Disney is silly. (laughs) Disney is absolutely silly. They could have had any old person saying Candace. Weird Al was in this. They paid Weird. was he? He was the person who was um, uh, doing the the t-shirt cannon. Like the one line? Yes. Before Candace took the cannon? Uh-huh. Lord, how they had some extra money. They had some extra money that they needed to put into something. And they said, just go on ahead, put it in this damn movie. Get the best and the brightest. And we love all of these best and brightest. We do. We do. I just feel it's just like, funny. It's you just know? funny. It's weird. Um, But that casting is interesting. So now... A little, like, fact about this movie is that I believe that it was um, actually produced during quarantine. So they might have started... Let me read this. I feel like I read that they... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the film began work at, at Disney Television Animation, but then everyone... It moved to remotely from home for all of the actors. Oh, wow. Because of COVID-19. So, and to- Thomas Brody Sangster, who everybody knows from, like, um, At Love Actually and um, Game of Thrones, um, was the, and he played Ferb, was the only person that they did not bring back to reprise their role. Yeah. Every other person was brought back. And I'm not quite sure why. I mean, I think, see, okay, I think it makes sense that they brought everybody back, first of all, because you, that's your role. Like, if any time... In movie, because even Ferb didn't have that many lines, and mm-hmm. he would say one word at a time, and you were like, "Wait a minute! Like, why were you replaced?" So I think if they're an established character, then please, of course, bring them back. I don't want no other person saying their lines. Don't steal from their mm-hmm. pockets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially during a global pandemic, like how bad would it be if you like hired all new people instead of paying the people who've been doing this for years? You know oh, what yes. I mean? So, but I just think all these like. Hot, like very high profile celebrities as the new characters just doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense and i'm also curious to know why he was not brought back why thomas brody sangster was not brought back i wonder if that was like his decision to not do it right just disney being weird <laughs> um and being like oh well you'd have to you're probably the only person who's overseas so like maybe it doesn't work because right of that. i don't know also, I'm sad. <laughs> Sorry, this is gonna Why? be so goofy. Yeah. I'm sad that Doofenshmirtz layer burns. Like it probably burns right to the ground. It was still burning though, and we know that they had been on that planet and back home. Like it had been quite some time. But we don't know at what point. Oh wait, no, that was right at the end. That was right at the end because the yeah. mom, her, their mom comes back with pizza. Yeah. But what if time works differently in the little planet? In that little planet. They never let us know that. You're right. So. So time works exactly the same as on our planet. 
Um, I mean, those people were speaking English. English. <laughs> okay. Um, as Roger Doofenshmirtz. John O'Hurley as Roger Doofenshmirtz. Oh, does he play Doofenshmirtz? Yes, he does. Has he always played Doofenshmirtz? Yes, he has. That's... My mind has just been blown. I can't believe that John no, O'Hurley. Does he? I think he's always played Doofenshmirtz. Let me double check, though. If he has always played Doofenshmirtz, then, like, I just clearly... No, 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 he hasn't. Okay, wait, then where the hell was he in this movie? Who? What? Uh, oh, he was mayor of Danville, so he said, like, two lines. <laughs> this, this is what I mean. They didn't need to bring uh, Don O'Hurley into this. <laughs> um, who does play Doofenshmirtz? Oh, I do need to know who that oh my is. God. I'm oh, it's s- Dan Pokemon Yeah, it's, it, Yes, I'm so sorry. Roger Doofenshmirtz is um, Dr. Doofenshmirtz, Goody Tush's brother, the favorite of his mother. He's the one he wants to smother in a ton of pigeon goo. Ew. <laughs> wow, you are really here with all of the lyrics, and I'm honestly, I admire it. Only from season one, though, because that was the only season that I had cable. <laughs> well, I think that we are done talking through the casting. It's bizarre. It's nice, but it's bizarre. It don't make sense. Y'all were just wasting no your money. Um, and yeah, I think we've reached the end of our second Disney Channel original movie. Wow, this was Whoa. fun. Yeah, this one came out in August of 2020. So uh, it's the most recent one, right? There hasn't been another one. I hope not. Another Phineas and Ferb movie? No, like a whole, another oh. Disney Channel. I mean, movie it's possible. I feel like maybe there was like a, maybe probably like a Christmas thing probably happened. Although probably not because here's the thing. Because because of the pandemic, the theatrical releases haven't been happening. So I feel like with like um, Mulan coming out in the fall and that going on mm-hmm. the Disney app, it's possible that like... There hasn't been another decom. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Someone will let us know, maybe. Yes. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, gosh. I have to come up with a rating right now. Mm, I'm going to say that you're going to give it. I'm going to say a rating, and then you just tell me if that feels right. Okay. A three. Um, That does feel right. Maybe, maybe a 3.5. Okay. Maybe a 3.5. Um. Oh, no, if, no, you're right. It's a three. <laughs> did you remember that I, there will never be a five? Yes, I did. That is exactly what happened. I remember that they will, there will almost certainly never be a five. And then I was like, well, then if it's out of four, essentially, I just gave it like this, this almost the second highest thing it can have. So then, yes, three. Three is where it is. Out of five, even though that's really a rhetorical scale yes. at this point. Listen, um, I have faith because Halloween Town is coming. Okay, so okay, so that's what we're that's what we're putting all our money on. That's to the, be a five. Th- that will be my five. I'm I'm calling it now. I know it's not going to be the Cheetah Girls, even though I want it to be. Maybe <laughs> the Kim Possible movie might be a five out of five because you know oh, Kim Possible stay yes. hitting. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wait, there was a live action Kim Possible. Let's not talk about it. We will be doing it. <laughs> let's, let's not talk about it. Let's not. Let's not. Oh I can't believe they they sullied, they sullied her good name like that. They sullied they really it. Did. Um, um, but yes, uh, it is a three for me because as you, we've just discovered, it can't possibly be a 3.5 on my scale. And um, also just like there, there were some issues with this. It did feel like they were trying to make it an hour and a half long. And I would have been totally fine if it had been an hour and 10 minutes. I would have been fine. I would have been like, yes, that's a movie. And especially um, since they're used to writing 15 minute episodes, because usually Phineas and Ferb is two episodes in one, right? So, so yeah. yeah. So it, it just felt like they were really stretching themselves thin. Um, Yeah. I'm going to guess that you're also going to give it a three. I am. I, I think that, like, unfortunately, this movie was fighting against nostalgia, you know, and nostalgia mm-hmm. will always win, you know. So, yes. it, like, I'm sorry, Candace, you never stood a chance. Um, <laughs> and then also, like, I was so pleasantly surprised by how good um, that first movie, like, Under Wraps was. 
And yes. so I feel like I feel like it set the bar kind of high-ish, even though I think we only gave it a 3.5. Yeah. But it set the bar, like, you know what I mean? And so things will really have to, like, surpass that 3.5 bar yeah. to, like, you know, make it there. And I think that it... But I also think that Under Wraps felt that way because it didn't feel like a Disney Channel original movie. Yes. Like, it literally felt like... <laughs> There were, like we said, guns and bad guys. Like, why? What? That was not a Disney Channel original movie. Not in today's terms. Right. So I think that's why it hit in a different way. Like, it, it feels so much better than what we expected. Right. Because it was different from what we expected. And this was exactly what I feel like we expected. Yes, it was. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So join us next time um, in the first week of February as we watch You Lucky Dog. Um, I've never seen that one, and I'm I will say now that I'm not excited. Ah! I honestly have no idea what it's about, but it has dogs in it, and I just feel like it was in that time period of the '90s where we always had talking animals. And it was movies, like, why? And we don't. I'm. I both. I remember loving those movies, but also hating them. Yes. As a so... kid. So. This could be, this could go either way. very wrong. It could go either way. And it could also go very right. Thank you. Yeah. But you, well, you will know when you join us for the episode in two weeks. Yes. It was so lovely doing this again. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. This was, this was great. This was fun. Yes. I'm glad we were able to do it. Y'all, it's so hectic. I hate it here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we did it and we did it for you. So please email us. We're getting, I'm getting ready to set up our Instagram and other things, um, soon but for now you can follow us at textual deviance when we get our new instagram handle i will let y'all know Thank you. on our old instagram handle and if you mm-hmm. would um, like to keep up with what i've been reading definitely stay tuned on textual deviance i just read a fantastic book so um check out like look out for Ooh. this week and i'm gonna recommend it to you after this okay? okay and um yeah so definitely follow keep following us on textual deviance if you're interested in keeping up with what i've been reading yes all right Bye. Bye Bye-bye.